Hello and welcome to the Unbundled Attorney Mastermind Podcast. My name is Dave Ahrens and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Unbundled Attorney. In this podcast, we interview many of our provider attorneys, as well as some of the leading experts in the industry to isolate the best practices for building internet-generated leads and how to ethically and effectively offer unbundled legal services and other more affordable options in your practice. For more information about our services, visit www.unbundledattorney.com. Well, I feel like I say this every time, but I, this is just a fantastic episode. Uh, this interview with Brian Piccarello. He's been our provider attorney out of Suffolk County, New York, since day one, Unbundled Attorney. Um, we first launched back in January of 2015. Uh, he's been with us literally since January 15th, 2015, which is the day we launched. And, you know, one of the things I really appreciate about Brian is, you know, he, he's a self-prescribed numbers geek. And he's been keeping track of the leads we've sent him and also the referrals he's gotten from leads and what's that brought for him in revenue and all this, all these types of things. And it really has helped him recognize and appreciate and have confidence in the long-term value of each lead and each client. And I think a lot of lawyers miss the long-term potential of each relationship. In marketing, we call it the lifetime value. And really, it's the lifetime of these individuals. And we have so many leads come through that are in their 20s and early 30s. And of course, you know, the older folks as well. But a lot of clients that just had a baby and they just had a new issue and they've got you know a, a life ahead of them and understanding that and knowing that and and treating people accordingly not because of what's going to come later but just recognizing that you know the issues are going to come in the future that you're going to get referrals it just gives you the confidence to really take the time to drop in with that person be a little more flexible in the options you take lower those barriers of entries just because you know it's going to work out in the long run and you know Brian not only has the numbers to prove it he also has you know the perspective uh, his background was he was a, a social worker and counselor and so he has a lot of wisdom in the way to you know listen deeply to his clients develop empathy and he shares a lot of you know how he does that on this episode so so much to take away from here. I just want to get out of the way and get right to it. This interview with Brian Piccarello, our provider attorney in Suffolk County, New York. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the show. Hey, Dave. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, Brian. I'm, I'm really, <laughs> we, I'm really glad that we're finally getting the chance to have this conversation. Not only have we been working together for a really long time, uh, we've also been going back and forth to, to set it all up. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm looking forward to, uh, to diving in on you know, how this has all come together and been working for you for the last couple of years we've been working together. So I thank you for taking the time. Yeah, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So maybe just a good place to start, Brian, just share a little bit about your background, how you get your start in the practice of law, the region you serve and the areas of law. Sure. Uh, I actually was one of those people who went to law school a little later in life. I actually worked um, uh, out of, after high school, I, I didn't even go to college right away. So I worked as, you know, doing some plumbing, doing some work like that and, you know, realized that, uh, you know, being outside in February really wasn't for me up here in the Northeast. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the books and, and see if I can, uh, you know, if I can get a degree. And, and I ended up going back to school and, and I worked as a, a capacity as like a social worker, um, not a, a licensed social worker, more like a case worker, uh, for people who, um, and, you know, we're in crisis. Uh, so my first introduction into the real world, if you will, 
uh, was, uh, you know, dealing with people who are going to have their kids removed by Child Protective Services. So uh, you kind of jumped right in there and, and started working in, as, as a resource for families in crisis. Um, and then when I realized that, you know, that was not only the stress of that was was tremendous, but the, uh, the, the income wasn't really something I could survive on here on Long Island. Uh, yeah, I ended up going back to school again and went to law school. So uh, I realized that, you know, I wanted to sort of kind of wield a little bit of a bigger sword, if you will, because uh, my advocacy would only go so far in my capacity as a caseworker. So I really was looking to make some changes and to really help people uh, and, and be more of an advocate for those uh, people who were being, you know, taken advantage of or abused or, you know, whatever. I always had a soft spot for working with, with people in, at the worst point in their life. And um, I went to law school and I did that. And Tried to get a job in 2010, and that was proved a little difficult. Despite, you know, having done well in school, it was uh, the market really wasn't looking for a 38-year-old guy to kind of go out there and and start, uh, you know, pushing papers around an office. Um, so I ended up hanging a shingle and uh, took the lead from some really generous uh, colleagues that sort of showed me the way and. You know, was always there to help uh, when I had questions, and which I had a lot of. And I went out there, and I, and I just started doing it. And um, Unbundled uh, came to me probably about two years after I started, and uh, and that's where we first began uh, our relationship. And that really did change the face of my practice. Yeah, yeah, we can certainly dive into that. But I, you know, I just, yeah, I was just looking at it. I think we we've worked together for. Gosh, at least three years almost now. Um, you were one, yeah. of the, one of the first attorneys, and I think the first lawyer we ever had in Long Island. Um, yeah, so Long we, Island was, uh, you know, Long Island's a big place. Uh, you know, for those of, of, of you, you know, listeners that aren't necessarily familiar with the East Coast, um, Long Island is, is quite a large area. Suffolk County is just about as big as Rhode Island, and uh, there's about a million and a half people here, and, and we have some of the most expensive real estate in the world and uh, some of the poorest people on the planet. So, you know, you're looking at a very large diversity of, of, of persons, and, you know, and as far as mileage, is concerned, you know, it can take two hours to go from across the county, you know, just uh, driving. So, you know, it's a big place, and, and there's a lot of people here that need, you know, need good service. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of directions we can go. You know, I found it really interesting, uh, trying to think, but I think you might be the first lawyer that we've had on the show, at least. I don't know about lawyers in the network that originally started out as a social worker and, and a counselor first, and then transitioned to becoming uh, a lawyer from there. And, you know, it really, I'm really curious about how that experience and that training translates into obviously working with your clients and, and helping them deal with, the, you know, they're still dealing with crisis, but now you have both skill sets that you can bring to the table. You know, I think it's one of my best uh, selling points, to be honest with you. You know, the people that come into my office, you know, whether they've looked me up ahead of time or, you know, within the first few minutes of a conversation, get a different feel from me than they do when they go into a lot of uh, lawyers' offices. Uh, you know, and that translates to my probably never owning a yacht and a house in the Hamptons, but it does give me the opportunity to really kind of meet people where they're at. And, uh, and it's a place I'm comfortable with uh, being, and, and it's also, you know, subject matter that doesn't necessarily intimidate me. So when people come in and, and they see that they're being listened to, actively listened to, uh, you know, that, that I'm, I'm able to connect with them, uh, you know, in a, 
you know, in a place where they're not maybe accustomed to having been connected to, it becomes a very, uh, you know, a very good positive experience for them for the most part. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and claim that, you know, I'm, I'm anything, you know, special in terms of uh, a guru of any kind. But, you know, I, I was born with the, uh, you know, with a, with a big heart and that just never went away. And, um, and that's really what leads my practice. Uh, you know, the, being a business owner was always second to being a lawyer. Uh, you know, so, so it does, it, it sort of does, uh, there is a little bit of a learning curve there for me on the on the business end of things, but I believe my clients have always been very appreciative of of the attention they've gotten from me and and the insight that they've gotten from me because I can I can meet like like I said I can not only meet them where they're at, uh, but I also uh, don't tell them what they want to hear all the time, you know, and I'm not looking to sell a product. I'm looking to uh, save lives and and really help uh, people. Um, you know, navigate through the uh, most uh, tumultuous waters they've ever been in. And that's where I get, you know, the pride from. And that's where, uh, you know, that's why I wake up in the morning and, and you know, and, and go to work. Yeah, that's, that's, there's there's a lot of nuance to that as it translates to, you know, you're sitting in front of a client and you're not selling a problem, you're, you're shepherding them through a very tumultuous, very challenging type of circumstance. And you mentioned active listening um, could you unpack a bit about, you know, what active listening means to you uh, and, you know, maybe from a standpoint of maybe a lawyer that doesn't have a, you know, the same kind of tra- level of training, what are the components that go into, you know, really fully listening to a client? Sure. I mean, I learned whether it was in, in school or, again, in the experience that I had after I graduated working with those you know, families and the training programs and all the different things that you do as you, as you, you know, work in the field of casework, social work and whatnot. Uh, I sit across from a person, you know, I might have a pen in my hand, but I typically don't look at the paper. If I need to jot down a name or a date, I'll do that. But for the most part, I engage with them and I talk with them and I listen to what they have to say and, and I repeat what they say, uh, summarize what they say uh, in words that they understand. Um, a lot of my clients, uh, you know, uh, come in and, and they're, they're younger people. They're, they're in their 20s, you know. Some are in their 30s. You know, this is the first time that they may be involved in the court system or it may be the 30th time they're involved in the court system. But it's a very intimidating system. And, um, you know, I just want to, you know, I want them to be aware that I, that I am I'm cognizant of that and, and that I, I'm empathetic to what they're going through because what they're going through is the most important thing in their entire life. They're dealing with a child. Nine times out of ten, you're dealing with a child. Sometimes you deal with just money, but nine times out of ten, you're dealing with custody or, or child support or some kind of neglect or something like that. And you, you know, the person's uh, most treasured uh, thing in, in their life is, is their child. Uh, and so, you know, you want to make sure that they understand that you understand that. And, and sometimes that involves sharing a little bit of experience or sharing a little bit of, of you know. Of, of what I've seen, uh, you know, in and out of court. But for the most part, it's just making sure that they know that they have my 100% undivided attention, whether it's on the phone, whether it's sitting across from a, uh, a table, you know, and that's, um, and I try to talk to them on their level. I don't use a lot of, a lot of uh, legal uh, jargon. You know, I try to break it down as simple as possible. Because um, like I said, a lot of the clients that come in there, you know, they're not exposed to this. Uh, and, and telling them, talking about jurisdiction and, 
talking about uh, different types of legal concepts and estoppel arguments and things like that, that they're not, that's going to go right over their head. So we're just talking very plain terms and, you know, try to get them to, you know, trust uh, that not only that I kind of know what I'm talking about, but that I, I, I actually might uh, know what's going on with them too. Mm. Right. And so maybe we can look at that a little further as far as, you know, how much time, so maybe we can start with like when the lead first comes in and we can sure. start to unpack some of the process a bit yeah. on how that threads itself from the initial call down to the in-office appointment, down to, you know, you're, you're hiring you for your service and, and then so yeah, but then you're delivering. Sure. So how does, so why don't you take us through how, you, you know, what happens when that first lead comes in and you're doing that initial, you're reaching out to them. Are you making that call or someone else doing it? How, how does that work? Well, I've done it both ways. And, and so, you know, there's benefits and drawbacks to both of those things. Uh, you know, uh, lead will come in. I'll get it in an email. And uh, if it comes in during regular business hours or before 7 p.m. even, uh, I'll get in touch with them that day. Uh, if it comes in a little later or if, or if I happen to get stuck and, and I didn't even get around to my email till after 7 p.m., then they'll get an email as soon as I see it. Let me know that they'll hear from me first thing in the morning. Um, I do, uh, and in the beginning, I was making all of the contacts. Uh, every you know, phone call, every email was from me, and uh, and they would, uh, and I would nine times out of ten uh, connect with that person on the phone. Uh, sometimes, you know, there would be a little phone tag, and it would just maybe fall uh, by the wayside. They wouldn't call back or whatever. But nine times out of ten, they would, you know, I would connect with them at some point. And I would get them, uh, and I would listen to what they had to say, and I would ask some questions. But for the most part, I would I would let them talk because I know that, you know, when they sit in front of their computer, they're doing so because they are upset, they're anxious, they're worried, uh, they want some kind of 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 relief from that feeling. And you know, if it's just having somebody listen to them for a few minutes, uh, you know, that's the least I can do. So, you know, in the beginning, uh, and again, this goes back to what I was saying before about not really understanding how to run a practice and, uh, you know, uh, the financial component of it. You know, I might, I might have spent a little bit too much time with people on the phone, uh, probably providing a little bit too much in the way of detail or, um, you know, extending the conversation to hypotheticals that might not really need to be discussed at that point in time. But for the most part, I've gotten much better with that. And these calls could be anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes and, and would almost always result in a person coming into the office. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I did have to delegate that at, at, at one point. Uh, the practice just was, was getting much bigger and uh, the workload was getting to be too uh, too much from one person. So I did have somebody uh, start to do that. And, and they did a pretty good job of getting people in the office. Uh, but I lost connection uh, with people from not reaching out to them right away like I was before. So I kind of picked that back up and I started doing that again. And mm. uh, I'm finding that it's a little bit more um, beneficial. Uh, I think uh, my the retain rate is a lot higher when when I actually reach out first, uh, even though people would come to the office, maybe they wouldn't show up or whatever the case may be. But when they heard from an attorney as opposed to a secretary, um, I think that they responded a little bit more, um, you know, will willingly, if you will, you know, coming into the office, they wouldn't mind taking the trip uh, to see me. And my hours would be very accommodating. I would see somebody at 8.30 at night on a Wednesday if I had to. Um, you know, it, it really doesn't, it didn't matter to me uh, in that regard. I have a very supportive uh, spouse. And, and so, you know, I'm able to do those things. But, 
Yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm back to doing now. So I did both, and, and I think it's beneficial for me to reach out first and contact people first. And I'm better on the phone, and as you can tell, I, I, I do like to speak and I do like to talk. So, you know, I, I, these conversations and could last more than, you know, 15, 20 minutes. But for the most part, I, I get them in and, and, and I get retained. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about that because, you know, that's been you know, a common theme of many, many lawyers is that they'll – They'll start by calling all the leads themselves, and of course, you know, we start sending a high volume or a lot more leads, but or even just they they start calling the leads themselves. Then they start retaining clients from the leads. Then they have to balance between doing the work for the clients they retained on the previous leads, but then they still have <laughs> new leads coming in every day. And yeah. So it's trying to you know all of a sudden you've got this like this balance of workload. I've got all these clients that have now retained me from the leads, but then I've still got leads coming in. How do I find that balance, right? Yeah. And we've had a lot yeah. of attorneys that respond to that and go, okay, well, I'm just going to put someone on doing the calls and then, and then I'll just meet them in the office. And invariably, uh, <laughs> that they, always, they tend to see a drop in the conversion rate, a drop in the connection because you know, it's, it's the nature of lead generation. They, you know, they, they want to work with people they know, like, and trust, as Brian Reedy said. And also, they, they have that anxiety and these fears and this upset. And so they need relief. They, and they also need someone they can trust and, and feel comfortable with. And so until that connection has been created, it's a, it makes it a lot less likely for people to come in, like you said. And also when they're coming in, all of a sudden you don't have that initial connection. They don't have an idea of who they're coming in to meet with. And so it takes, you're still at the phase of, okay, let's create a relationship, right? So, yeah, so your comments about that are, are just lockstep with what we found, and then you making that transition to doing those calls again. And again, like you said, it doesn't sound like that call has to be that long. No. No, and I think that that comes with a little bit of, of experience. Like, again, in the beginning, it was, you know, it was kind of flying off the cuff a little bit more and, you know, and, and was very concerned about losing the person. Uh, you know, if I had them on the phone, my, my fear and the insecurity that I had as a, as a business owner was, well, I, I have to get this person in. I, I mean, you know, this is a lead. I can't let this go. You know? But what you realize uh, is that, you know, just that simple connection, just to let them know that, you know, this is uh, something that you can help them with, something that you want to help them with then they'll actually come in and, uh, and, and if they have the means and if they have actually the, the, the incentive, uh, they will hire you. Um, I, you know, I did a little, you know, binge listening, if you will, to the, uh, to the podcast over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, and I learned a lot. And, and one, that was one of the things that, you know, that did echo is that, you know, the attorneys that are making these calls themselves, they're the ones that are actually uh, converting and, 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 and securing the confidences of their clients. And, you know, I found that to be the case early on. And, and so I, I, I made the change and I revisited that. And, and that's what I'm doing again. And, uh, and, and I'm better off for it. I'm better off for it, and so are my clients. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's certainly been a very consistent principle. That I think the only time you can get away from that is if the, if the person, like for example, if you're in court and you just aren't able to make that call, you could have someone make the call to book the phone consultation and just basically schedule just get to get someone to make a call and say, "Hey, we got it." You know, I'm I, you know maybe get a little bit of details on the case, but still transition to a phone consult first. Um, well, you know, I, we, I, yeah, but, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I, we haven't. I have yet to see someone be as successful having someone handle the entire intake and book them into the appointment consultation without some kind of loss in between, uh, with very, very little exception. Or, or if it is, it's a very high level person in the company, or another attorney, or a paralegal, mm. and someone that can build that connection 
because they are, you know, they're they're an active provider within this firm as opposed to a secretary or or you know a staff member. Sure. One of the things um, also that I find you know is a benefit is that you know when the lead comes in in the email and in in the uh, comment section or in the the request for help, it just says something like support. You know, one word, quick support. You know, and you know having somebody call to flesh that out a little bit uh, will help me. Uh, reduce the amount of time I would spend with the person on the phone. So, so I would have a staff person call, and I would say, they would say well, "Tell me a little bit about what's going on. Are you in court? Uh, is this matter in in Suffolk County? Is uh, you know, just get a little bit of demographic information, just to kind of get a, a quick picture." And then I would contact them, and and I would say, "Okay, so this is what's going on. This is what I can help you with. And why don't you come on in, and you know, we'll sit down and we'll go over uh, all the things that you know." we'll need to do to, to make this work for you. So, you know, sometimes people aren't exactly, uh, you know, offering up a lot of information on, on the uh, form online, but when, you know, you have somebody able to call them just to flesh it out a little bit, not only do they sort of appreciate the prompt response, especially like you said, if I'm in court or, you know, or something like that, and, and they're getting the call within minutes, um, it's, you know, it's a benefit to me to be able to know, okay, this is what I'm calling for. This is what I'm getting into. I don't have to, you know, start uh, listening to a 20-minute narrative. I can tailor my questions a little bit. So that part of it I, I still do, and I think that that helps. But, um, but you know, if somebody generates a lead, a lead is generated by somebody submitting, my husband just left and he says he's not paying the bills anymore. I don't know what to do. You know, it's a lot easier for me to sit there and call them and say, okay, let me just dissuade, you know, let me just kind of calm you down a little bit. Let me walk, you know, walk you back off the cliff, you know, and explain to you how the law works and, and what you can expect. And, um, and then, you know, get them in and we'll start talking about what it would take to get them where they need to be. Yeah, yeah. It, it, really getting the sense, you know, and, right, and rightfully so, it's, it's been what we've seen consistently is that, you really have to address the fear and the emotional components or the anxiety or whatever it is that's that got that person to, you know, get up and reach out in a way that, you know, they, they, they're, they're, they're giving up control. I think Sue talked about that in her interview at one point, that they're giving up control and putting in the hands of someone else to help them handle their problem. That's, that is intimidating. It's also, it's a vulnerable place to be. And so addressing that and dealing with that as the first thing really seems to be the, the most important thing to address initially. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Uh, again, you know, you can't stress it enough. We're dealing with people who are in, uh, you know, in crisis and in, and in a place where they feel like maybe their child is going to be taken from them. I mean, I can't imagine any feeling on the planet as scary as that. So, you know, you have to be able to connect with people on that level. Uh, but again, you know, you still are running a business and you still are providing a service and you still have to make sure that, you know, you don't, you, you set boundaries, uh, you know, that you're not necessarily going to be the person that, you know, they're just going to dump all of their um you know, concerns and worries and problems on as they would uh, a friend or a uh, posting on Facebook or something. It's something you want to make sure that you, it's a, it's a, I find it's a delicate balance because if you uh, are able to speak to somebody uh, and make them feel comfortable, but also establish that you're a professional 
and that you have, uh, you know, a set of skills that can, you know, help them through this. But you're, you know, there, there's, there's this boundary there. You're not, you know, going to be uh, best friends. Uh, we get a lot of Facebook requests, a lot of friend requests on Facebook uh, from, from clients uh, to which I, I, you know, respectfully decline uh, because, you know, there is this, uh, in dealing in family law, and you're you're so connected to their most personal and, in, and intimate things that you know that you know you it's really important to set up a, a proper boundary so that you don't get sucked into that. Uh, and that is something that you know I think every single day I work on. Yeah, can we? I don't know if we can flesh that out any more on how to find that balance on that initial call. Some things where you're like how you, you where you take things to a certain point and then transition, or like anything that you've that you can quantify that you do on that call to, to make sure they're feeling heard, you know, understanding and empathizing with their emotional state and what, what and the, you know, the, the fears that can go into that and their situation and also transitioning things to next steps. Uh, have you found anything that's worked for you or things that maybe where you were spending a little bit too much time or, you know, is there, is there anything, any specific strategies that you found work well or a balance there? You know, it's, it's a daily it's a daily, uh, I don't want to say struggle, but it's, it's a daily thing that, that I, you know, you have to really be mindful of. I can't point to anything in particular. It's sort of an instinct. It's sort of a feel. Um, but I know from speaking with colleagues and from, you know, being a very active member of, of my bar association and, and, again, you know, really having mentors and people that I rely on tremendously for guidance uh, and talking with people like this, uh, you know, you take everybody does it differently. Everybody has a, uh, uh, you know, a system, if you will, or something that they feel, you know, tells them when to back off or when to push forward. And, and I think it's just an instinct and and it's a difficult thing for me to do. And, and, and if I'm being candid, you know, I'm not very good at it all the time. And it's something that I've, I, I continuously uh, work on. But it's not something I can point to anything in particular where I say, okay, this is the point in the conversation where now I'm going to change from, you know, the, 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 the soft listener, the kind of person who's you know, being empathetic to, okay, let's talk dollars and cents. You know, I find it very difficult to do that and I'm not comfortable with that transition. So, you know, it's, uh, having only been doing it for a couple of years, essentially, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not really great at it yet and, and I work on it every day, but, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, as I get a little older, I don't get jaded, but I get a little bit better at making those transitions. Uh, but if uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably not the best person to offer up uh, advice on how to do it because I probably don't do it that well. Yeah, well, what's really interesting, I think, Brian, when you were talking, is you know, we have worked together for a long time, and you know, it, it was basically up until recently that you really took a deep dive into the podcast and listened to a lot of episodes, and so. I'm really curious, and maybe you know you, we could share for the listeners what it was that you were doing for those years. And then once you started listening to podcasts, you mentioned that you've gone back to making the calls yourself, and you noticed that was something that was really you know a key component. Were there anything, anything besides that that you found to be particularly notable that you've changed as a result of hearing the podcast? And maybe a second point, were there any particular podcast episodes that you really got a lot out of that you'd recommend to the, the listeners that may, may not have listened to them all yet? Well, yes. Uh, first and foremost, you know, learn. You know, the things that I was able to learn from the podcasts that I that I listened to uh, really 
gave me a little bit more of an insight on how they run their practices. And, and again, not having ever done this before, not having any experience in, in working in a law firm or, you know, uh, everything that I did, I, I, I did on my own with the help of uh, people who were kind enough to, to spend a little time answering some questions. So, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't know what I was doing. And, and, and so, you know, any, uh, whether it's a person in flesh and blood that I sat down with and I said, how do, how do you, how do you get them to pay this after, you know, they just decide that they're not happy anymore, you know, whatever the question might be. And, and people will give me their take on it. Uh, and in listening to the podcast, um, I found that, uh, a lot of the attorneys that I could relate to, uh, were ones that, you know, were like myself, um, going out there and, and trying to provide, you know, trying to provide a service while, you know, keeping the lights on and the hourly retainer mentality and, and, and those, those things sort of, you know, uh, were, I was able to, to transition from the idea that, Oh, I have to start, you know, getting this high retainer, billing this hourly rate and, you know, and, and spending, you know, nights and weekends, you know, billing programs and all this other jargon that nobody wants to pay and everybody wants to argue about, uh, that instead of that, you know, let's start to offer some different types of options and, and make life a little bit easier. And although, like I said, I'm, I'm not in a position right now where on the weekends I'm, I'm, I'm you know, get going to the dock and getting on the boat and going out to the vineyard, you know, it's just not my lifestyle, but, uh, you know, that's okay. That's not the lifestyle that, you know, I have and, and I'm able to, still do very well and still be very uh, comfortable while providing uh, people with realistic payment type of options. And that's one of the things that I learned uh, in the podcast. Some things, some things um, I knew by listening to it, and I can't point to any person uh, or, or episode in particular, and you know, forgive me if I don't have the names off the top of my head, but sure. there were some people who, may, who, who I heard um, – we're charging uh, like a consultation, not a consultation fee, but we're getting a little bit of money uh, to secure an appointment, and they would get that money back if if they would uh, come in and you know and, and and whether they retained them or not, you know, it was just sort of to secure the appointment to ensure that they would come, and and that sounded nice, but I you know it was one of those things where I just I felt very uncomfortable with that, and you know I would rather lose a few people than to try to you know. Get, take a credit card over the phone um, from somebody who is calling with a question, you know, and, and I'm not criticizing uh, by any stretch of the imagination because it obviously works uh, for those people who do it. For me personally, it wasn't something I was comfortable doing. But then, you know, I hear people, you know, who would charge, you know, flat fee or reduced retainer agreements or pay as you go, uh, you know, type of, of plans. And, and that really resonated a little bit more. Uh, with me. And that's basically what I do now. Uh, aside from divorces, aside from, you know, straight up I'm filing for divorce and we're going to fight over everything. Uh, I don't charge hourly rates. Uh, typically, uh, I do a lot more per appearance fees, uh, flat fees, uh, trial with, you know, with the caveat that any kind of trials will result in a, in a different agreement, uh, you know, because that is something that involves way more work and a lot more time and effort and dedication uh, than uh, typical conferences and, and, you know, letters and so on and so forth. So, you know, that's uh, been very, very helpful. Uh, and also to know that I'm not the only one who's not converting every single lead. You know, yeah. I'll be honest with you. 
You know, that's, that's, I was getting a little discouraged for a while because, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't converting them. They weren't turning into paying clients. But then when I look at the rate of return and, you know, it just, it was, it was astronomical compared to, you know, any other type of referral system, you know? So, so if I take one out of 10, two out of 10, three out of 10, they're paying for, you know, a, a month's worth of leads not panning out, you know? So that's really one of the, uh, true benefits of, of this type of, of unbundled, you know, service. And that's why I'm so uh, crazy about it, to be honest with you. Uh, I think that, you know, if I, if, if I just convert 20%, it's, I'm still getting uh, over a 600% rate of return, yeah. you know, and that's, uh, you know, that's okay for me. I'm okay with that, you know. Yeah, and the the challenge and the and the opportunity is, you know, you're you're doing even at one out of five, you're doing really really well financially, but then but then the question starts to become, okay, what's happening with these other four? You know, like mm. what what can I do to start to refine and improve? Like what are ways that I can start to offer more creative options? Because you know, you get the same clients coming in every day, and it's in the numbers of the numbers, and you can constantly start to look at. Okay, what? How can I refine the process? How can I develop a better system? How can I be more creative with my options? How can I do this in a more profitable way? How can I leverage technology? I mean, that's really the the fun and the you know the the almost like the science of it is that there's so yeah. much room to start to experiment and, and and test because you know the clients for the most part it's it's a very you know consistent you know, fu- you know, funnel, right. You know, as far as like yeah. the types of clients you're going to end up with. So it gives you the room to be able to start to figure out, okay, well, how can I, you know, improve things? How can I make a little difference here, a little different adjustment there? And what's that going to, how's that going to impact the client and, you know, and, and start to offer these different ways of working with folks. Well, in, in, in the leads that I get, I, I, I kind of put them into two major categories. One, uh, people who are, you know, sitting up, uh, and, 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 you know, are, are, of the generation of instant gratification where they feel like they have a question on their mind and they want it answered right now. And so they're going to go online and then they come across your website and they say, Oh, um, let me find out, you know, I'll type in something into the unbundled attorney form and I'll say, yeah, I'm looking for some information about, um, you know, not having received child support in two years from my, you know, ex. You know, and, and it's just a question that they had on their minds at the moment and that they wanted an answer to. And those typically do not pan out. Um, those people uh, will either find the answer that they're looking for or um, kind of go on to the next thing, you know, the, the sort of the, the goldfish kind of mentality. It's just, you know, they're on to the next thing right away. Uh, and then there are those people who have who have more or less gotten to the point where they, they're, they're desperate. And this is, this, they've, they've exhausted other remedies. They've tried to do it themselves. They've, they've listened to the advice of their friends. Maybe they've had another attorney who totally, totally, totally messed them up, you know? And so they're getting to a point where they're desperate. And, and those people, by, by far, uh, will uh, pan out uh, more than, you know, than those who are sort of just looking at it like, I got, I got this issue that I'm, that's on my mind right now, and I want to, I want to deal with it, you know, right now. It's that instant gratification, you know, and and you know, I, I'm a, I'm a numbers geek to to a certain extent, and I keep extremely, extremely accurate records um, of of where my clients come from, what they, uh, you know, the kind of income that they produce, you know, going back to second and third generation referral type things, you know, and and the unbundled. Uh, clients by far are are clients that uh, I feel 
will be with me forever. You know, uh, and not not in terms of you know because they're such a mess, uh, more or less because they're young and they're using the computer and they're used to getting. Uh, they're not used to calling places from a phone book. They're 25 years old. They go on their iPhone and they type in a question and and for whatever algorithms that you guys use in order to market your product, they find you. They ask that question and then they have a two-year-old child. So for the next 18 years, they're my client, you know, because this, the, their, their father or the mother of their child, they're going to give them a problem every year, you know. So, so when they come into this office or when they get responded to by me via t- telephone, um, then it is, uh, I'm, I look at it as, okay, I'm building a relationship with this person that I'm not going, I know at 25, they work at the supermarket, um, you know, they get $50 a week in child support. They, they don't have $5,000, you know, to put down for, you know, to, to modify their visitation plan. No, that's not, that's not what they're going to do. But what they're going to do is they're going to get a great, um, they're going to get attention, they're going to get a good price, and they're going to come back to me next year when, when they stop paying child support again or something like that. You know, and, and that's what I'm finding. I'm finding my unbundled leads from 2015 are still alive and well um, on another issue with a second baby with a different person or a, or if it's a, um, you know, another CPS inter- intervention, uh, whatever the case may be. So, you know, the, the leads that I get from your service, even if they don't pan out at first, the fact that they're getting the attention up front, uh, they're going to be loyal. You know, they're, they're not just shopping around for the best price necessarily. God, I am, this is so huge, right? I just can't, uh, I'm just so glad you're ta- sharing it because we, 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 we can't say it enough. And it's just really great to hear the perspective, for, especially for you that you, we've worked together for so long that you, you could, you've seen 2015. That was two, you know, we started, I think we attorney. I'll tell you right now. I, I mean, I have it right in front of me. I mean, my first, my first client, um, my first lead was January 14th, 2015. My first retained client was January, was that same month. Uh, you know, it was that same month. It was the third lead I ever got. The th- it was the first 10 of the first 10 or 15 leads. I think I, I, I took on, I want to say maybe six of them. Okay. And, and so I was off to the races, but then there was a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a lull and, and I had, you know, you've got to work it out and you got to figure it out. And again, you know, you, you you know, I have clients, I have a client, I'm looking at it right now, who on November, November 17th, 2015, uh, came in about a divorce and hired me last week. Wow. Hired me last week. Wow. I haven't talked to him in two, almost two, you know, two years. Uh, that's the thing. It's, it's like you, you know, I, I keep these names and I keep their, their, the lead information and, you know, I never solicit. I never go after them. After the third attempt, it's a, it's a telephone call and followed by an email with another telephone call and a final email telling them that I'm not going to be, you know, you're not going to hear from me again. I'm not, I'm not, I just want you to know that I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. If, if you want to talk, here's my info, you know, but this is the last email you'll get from me. You won't get any calls from my office. You know, I, you know, just not in an obnoxious way, of course, just to, and to let them know that, you know, I'm not looking to chase them down. I'm not looking to annoy them. You know, they might've had a problem last night that doesn't exist today. That's fine. I get it. But you know what? In three months, five months, 10 months down the road, They'll go back into that email. They'll be like, oh, what was that guy's name again? And boom. 
you know, and so that's what happens. And and again, you know, every now and again, I'll get a I'll get a, a an older person, you know, uh, a person who's more well established, and that's fine. And you deal with them as as you deal with any client. But I find dealing with my twenty somethings, my thirty somethings, you know, they have a different perspective on how they interact with the world. And I'm 42, uh, so I'm not a spring chicken, but at the same time, I'm, I'm also not grandfathered into to old habits. So I've been able to evolve with this program, with this service, and, and I have tailored the rest of my practice to, uh, to kind of come in line with what I find and what I'm seeing from these leads. And, uh, and that's where I found the most success. It's not just from the leads that I get from Unbundled, but the, but the, um, the demographics that I'm working with, I, I've gotten a lot better at dealing with them on their level. I, I can't tell you how, how much uh, email and text messaging uh, goes on as opposed to letter writing and conference calling. You know, it's a different world. And it's a different clientele. And like I said, I'm not representing celebrities and divorces yet. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take it for, you know, I'll take what I have. And, and, and I respect every single person that I, that I represent. Um, and I meet them where they're at. And that's, that's basically where I found my success. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's amazing because this perspective informs so much of the way in which you're going to relate to each new lead that comes in that inbox. Right? Is, is no if you, because if you see that person as, okay, how can I convert this guy into something right now? You know, I'm going to get some document service, or I'm going to try to you know, convert them into a, a client right now. And you just look at mm -hmm. it from that narrow perspective, like, well, how can I you know, basically convert that person to a client right, just right now? And then you're going to relate to them in one way. It might be a kind of a sales call, it might be a little bit of you know, convincing and so forth. But as soon as you start to see, especially, and it's really, you know, it's great to hear that the 20s and 30s have loyalty and they stick yeah. with the people they work with. Obviously, you're doing a great job for them. So that's a, that's a component and you're that helpful helps. for them and you're a wonderful <laughs> you know, counselor of law. So that's, a, that's obviously a, a, a telltale sign of the, work, you know, the good work you're doing, Brian. But on another level, you know, the, it, so many folks, so many attorneys come in and they fail to see the long-term value of each lead, each client that comes in the door. And sure. it's so wonderful to hear the perspective and also the fact that you've been tracking the numbers for so long. It would be really great maybe after this, you know, we could, you and I could dive in and start looking at, you know, what is the long-term value of these leads, you know, one, two, three years down the road so that attorneys can realize that it, this is a relationship. And as soon as they realize it's a long-term relationship and have that long-term view, now all of a sudden taking a little extra time on that initial call. You know, to take a little t time to really connect with that client, taking a little extra time to be a little bit more flexible on the front end with what they require mm -hmm. up front, and and being Absolutely. less rigid and making way, giving people a way to work with them that's just a little bit lower barrier to entry, just starts to make a lot more sense. Sure. I mean, I have attorneys who've been, you know, doing this for 30, 40 years that I, I, I rely on again for for a lot of good uh, insight into things, and but to a fault, it is. You know, if that person comes in, uh, you know, get as much money as you can up front because, uh, you know, they're going to give you a headache and it's not going to be worth it. And, you know, and, and that person who argues with you over your fee is going to be a worse client and da, da 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 You wish they never hired you. And, you know, there is some truth. There is some truth to that 
sort of bargain basement price point type of lawyering. And that's not what I'm doing. I'm not undercutting my colleagues and I'm not sitting there offering coupons and, and things like that. What I'm doing is, is I'm saying you're 25 years old. You just finished college. You got your first job making $32,000 a year. You got a three-year-old and the husband and the father isn't giving you any money for child support. You're trying to rent an apartment. You got a car payment. I get it. I get it. You don't have it right now. But guess what? When you are maybe 35 years old and you have that new two-year-old or you have that 10-year-old or whatever the case may be, or maybe you're going to get married, you need a prenuptial agreement, or maybe you're going to get divorced, unfortunately, and you're going to need some help there. Now you're making $70,000 a year, and now you're sort of in a different place, and you're coming back to me because you felt like I gave a crap. And you know what? People like to say that they have a lawyer. I got a lawyer. This guy's my lawyer. Whatever it is. You know, people feel some, some sense of, of, you know, they feel good about it. You know, they, they, they like to say that. So, you know, I'm not going to push them out the door because they may not have it. Uh, you know, I might only be making a, you know, a thousand bucks off them. You know, maybe a couple, maybe even less sometimes, to be honest with you. You know, maybe it's just one or two court appearances that they need some help navigating some child support issue. Something simple to me, but overwhelming to them. So I'm not going to kill them for it. I'm in court every single day. So what I tell people is this. I say, listen, here's what I can do for you. I can charge you a few hundred dollars for the court appearance. But understand something. I'm going to put you on a day where I have other clients. So I'm not going to sit with you all day. We're not going to be there hanging out. I'll, I'll spend time with you. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get done what needs to get done. But I'm going to be running around a little bit from courtroom to courtroom. And, but if you want, I could charge you hourly. I could charge you $300 an hour. And I can put you on a, on a day where I have nobody else that day. And I'll commit to sitting with you the whole time. And maybe you'll be there for an hour or two. And, you know, you'll get 100% of my attention. But I can guarantee you that if I'm there and I have two or three other cases on that day, that, you know, you may be there from 9.30 till 11.30. But you know what? You're only spending X amount of dollars. And, you know, to a, to a person, they're like, oh, no, that's fine with me. Just give me, you know, I'd rather do that way. You know, I know it takes a long time or whatever the case may be. So you, you want to try to put the you – you want to make it like they're making the decision on how much they're going to pay you. You know, and it's a it's a tremendous um, it's a tremendous way of doing things. I find because again, in the here and now with those clients, I may not make you know a tremendous amount of money, but they are coming back. Uh, and in the in as, as any of the people who would listen to this would know, in this area of law, recidivism is quite high, and you are building again, like you said, relationships with people that can. You know, and, and I'm not even talking about all the people they refer to me. I mean, yeah. please, it, that's a whole nother conversation. You know, I, I can't, you know, I, again, I track this stuff. I link to how many clients do I have that were referred to me by an unbundled client and how much money I made off those people. Wow. I, I can't, you know, it, it's, it's tremendous. 
you know, but my practice, and just to give you a quick, you know, and understanding percentage wise, like unbundled, the unbundled attorney leads, the referrals account for 15% of my referrals. Uh, the way clients find me, 15% of that is through unbundled. So it's not, you know, a tremendous amount. 22% of my income comes from my unbundled attorney clients, not including those who were referred to me by unbundled attorney clients. So as you can see, you know, if that number, if that income percentage number is higher than the referral percentage, you know, the rate of return is very, is very good. Um, but I still do, you know, I still get referrals from other attorneys, from other clients, from my local bar association. I have a lot of different avenues that clients find me. Um, but, but unbundled is the most consistent. Uh, it's not the highest percentage of referrals. Most of it does. Uh, it's one of the highest, the second highest, but, but my bar association t- tends to send a lot of people here too. And those are not referrals. Those are retained clients. I should say I shouldn't say I said it as a referral percentage. They're much higher in the referral percentage, but the retain the clients that are retained by uh, retain me from those leads, uh, that's you know a significant amount. So I'm very uh, grateful uh, to have been uh, you know found, if you will, by you know Graham and and sort of you know talked into doing this because uh, at first I was hesitant. You know I, I had some bad experiences with other lead generation type of programs and uh, without mentioning names they were just so cost prohibitive and they returned nothing uh, that that I expected and this uh, so again I, I was hesitant at first but Graham was great and he he you know twisted my arm a little bit and ensured me that uh, you know that I'd, I'd benefit from this so I gave it a whirl and and uh, haven't looked back since yeah it's uh it's a you know it's a shame we know all the lead generation companies that came through the through the uh yeah, came through the industry over the years, and you know, honestly, the, the, there's a couple popping up here and there, but really, it was just the main few, and unfortunately, it gave a really bad name and reputation for lead generation, such that a lot of attorneys, you know, miss out on the opportunity because they've already, you know, had one experience, and therefore, that's how all lead generation companies are, and and uh, it's unfortunate because there's a lot of great attorneys we would have loved to work with um, that offered unbundled service, seemed like a great fit, but you know legal match or whoever it was just like just you know they just had a bad experience mm-hmm. and you know I, you know there's a lot of reasons for that as far as you know the their process and you know how much they you know the, the things that we do and i don't really want to get into the, that kind of stuff but like there's a big oh, difference yeah. here you know we do give a crap mm-hmm. we care we care what's going on we care yeah. about our clients and and that's a big difference and so that's unfortunate but you know you you, you said something in 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 marketing, you know, there's like a term that's called lifetime value of a client, and and it, it what hit me is it's this the, the word lifetime value is it's because people they have this they have a lifetime, and you have a lifetime relationship with people, no you know, and, and it's just when you start to look at it from that perspective, gosh, it just completely changes the way you relate to people. You Absolutely. don't see them as a number or as a as a revenue source, I mean, yeah, because they're going to be because they have issues, but it's mm-hmm. just you know you can kind of relax, right? Mm-hmm. You don't you don't feel like you need to get the get the dollar right now and, and the most amount of dollars. And like you said, there's 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 certain boundaries you set, and 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 you're 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 adapting, you're you know, and setting right expectations to make sure that you know they understand they're getting a little bit lower cost because you're going to be doing these other things, and and that's really helpful too that to hear that perspective that you're not just you know discounting your rates and offering cheap service. Right, you're just no. you're you're adapting the way in which you're working with the clients. You're doing limited you know, appearances. Maybe we can talk a bit about that. But you know, it mm-hmm. completely when you see the person as a lifetime relationship or potential lifetime relationship, 
the whole dynamic changes. That you know the the clientele, the people that there are certain you know old, there are older people that connect me to, to me through unbundled attorney. There are some you know some grandparents and things like that who are looking to visit with their grandkids or whatever the case may be. But the vast majority are younger people, and and those younger people uh, are. Um, Again, you know, you, you look at them and you're like, hmm, you know, this is not going to be the one and only time you're going to have these issues, you know. And, and so, so, like you said, it's not offering cheap lawyer services. It's just it's bringing quality legal services to people who just don't have the, 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 the means to afford, you know, uh, a person who spends a lot of money on suits, cars, and office space, you know, that's fine. And I'm not condemning attorneys who do this. Uh, Believe me, you know, I I look at it with envy sometimes, you know, but at this, but, but the reality of it is, is that I came, I went and I I broke my, you know what, in in law school at night, you know, four or five days a week for four years so that I can really meet my personal potential. And, and a lot of that has to come uh, down to, you know, still working with people in the, in, the, in the way that I'm comfortable working with people. And that is, you know, on a personal level. So, you, you, there are, you know, I have enough clients who pay me enough money to, to keep the lights on, let's put it that way. Uh, and I do okay. And, and I'm very blessed and I'm very fortunate and, and you know, I'm very thankful uh, that I have the, 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 the level of the lifestyle that I have. But again, it really does come down to meeting people where they're at. And that's what the, for one of the first things I learned as a, as a social worker is, is meeting the person where they're at. And I never lost that mentality. And, um, you know, and like you said, it's an investment. It's, you know, a $500 investment in a person, you know, that a person makes in you now can, can turn into a $50,000 investment down the road when, you know, their aunt is getting divorced or something like that, you know, and they're like, oh, you know, my attorney was so, you know, so attentive. He returned my phone calls and, and which is one of the biggest things in the world, as you know, I'm sure uh, the biggest complaint people have is that they don't get the chance to talk to their attorney. You know, they call, they don't call them back. They email, then it doesn't get responded to. So, you know, sometimes the simplest thing is, is, a, is a phone call uh, will secure you a client for life. Yep. So, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that, that I've kind of grown up in. That's the mentality that I, that I run my practice on. And, yeah, and you can just... Working out. Yeah, you can just relax, you know? You can yeah. just know, like, hey, man, it's going to come. And it's like you don't even yeah. have to know the way it's going to come because it's going to be a referral from this person to that person. Mm-hmm. And then and then they're going to come back with a different issue. And then maybe they get in an accident. I mean, if you do different areas of law and so forth. I mean, it's untold. Sure. But, like, you don't even have to know. It's just that there, all these things are going to happen. And you can just relax. You can drop the sales suit and just, you know, yeah. just meet people where they're at, like you said. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, the sales aspect of things is never is never something I was 100% comfortable with, and, you know. And, and we got to we got to work to our strengths. And I know where my strengths are, and I know where my weaknesses are, and I do everything I can to improve upon those weaknesses. But, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I'll encourage people. Listen, you know, you heard what I have to say. Why don't you call a couple of other people and 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 hear what they have to say? Because I'm so confident that they're going to come back to me. I just know it. It's 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 a foregone conclusion to me. I'm I'm more than confident enough to know that what I have to tell them is 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 what's going to happen. You know, is, is real. My knowledge of of the way this stuff works is is relatively good. But more than that, my personality and I feel like you know 
they're gonna they're gonna go somewhere if they go somewhere else and they find something a little cheaper and and if that's their primary um, goal uh, is to save money uh, and maybe they can get something a little bit cheaper from somewhere else. Uh, inevitably, I'm gonna get a call from them a year later say, "Can you fix what they broke?" Please, I'll do anything, you know. And and again, I'm not. I don't want to come off and sound sounding conceited because it's the last thing I am. I'm very humble, but you know, at the same time, you know, there's a confidence there that that I I know what I'm doing and I know that I can help this person. And if I can't, I'm the first person to tell them. The first so I have I have sat across from somebody and said I can't help you. I'm sorry. I, I just you know this situation is not going to be resolved the way that you want it to be resolved, and and you know you might be better off with someone else, um, and and they'll walk out, and that's so hard to do, because as a person who's got a family to support, you know you sit there and you're like, oh, I don't want to let any money walk out my door. You know I got to make sure everybody comes in who's going to pay me. I, I, you know I can't afford to lose a client, but with especially with the the amount of leads that I get from the unbundled attorney website and the amount of of quality clients that I get from it, you know there'll be you know ebb, it'll ebb and flow. You know there'll be months where it aren't as good as others, but. That's the nature of the business, and, and I'm much more confident now that there'll be somebody else typing into that website. I need help, and uh, they'll come to me, and uh, and and I'll and I should be able to help them. So that I can't imagine running my practice now without the benefit of of that kind of uh, security in terms of lead generation. You know, because I do, I still get a, a plenty of, of of clients from other sources, but this is this is much more of a, of a secure sort of. Uh, you know, program for me. Yeah. Well, and just, and just hearing that, Brian, you know, it just, you know, it just feels really good to know that what we've put together and the lead generation we're providing and all that, everything we've done in the relationship we forged over the years has enabled you to have that trust and have that security that translates into you being able to be more honest with your clients and, and and not that you wouldn't be otherwise, but it just gives you that extra layer of knowing, hey, you know what, the, the next lead's going to come in. And that's going to mm-hmm. mean it's in there and it's consistent and it's reliable so that you mm-hmm. can just meet a client and, and look at them and go, you know, I, I just feel more comfortable and confident with a family you got to support and know like, hey, I can, I can just say, you know, this is this, I, I can be honest with this person and really level with them and, and mm-hmm. feel okay and just have the space and knowledge to know you can do that. That's, that's. Uh, it's really, um, it feels, it feels really great to hear that, that it's translating in that way. Yeah. I, I think, you know, part of that is also the fact that even, you know, the, the, the cost for the services is something that's not going to, uh, prohibit that. You know, if I go a month without, you know, which is not really very common, but if, if it happens, if I go a month without, you know, retaining a lead from, from, you know, the unbundled, uh, site, then, you know, it's going to cost me a couple of bucks, but it's not something I'm going to sit there and go, oh, I have to reevaluate this. You know, I have to really think about this now because, oof, you know, if this happens again, I'm, I'm going to be out of business, you know. So that's, that's, the, that's one of the, the biggest uh, things for me is that, you know, I'm willing to pay for a service that works, but it's also I, know, I don't feel as though I'm getting, you know, sucked dry, you know, and that's a, a big part of it too and, and that, you know, goes towards whatever business plan that you guys have uh, is working for, at least it's working for me. I can't speak to everybody, but I, I can tell you it's working for me. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate the comments and I'm really glad that it's been that, that source of consistency for you. And, 
And, uh, and I, you know, to be honest, you mentioned something a little earlier that you said, you know, you went back to law school to fulfill your personal potential. And I got to tell you, that really resonated with me. And I, I really, I'm so glad you did that uh, from, a, you know, from the amount of people you've been serving that we've been sending you. And, and uh, I'm really just excited to see where that, where that continual pursuit to be, your, be what you know is capable of yourself both in the way you relate to your clients and what you're, what's possible for you and your business and uh, what's possible for us working together in the future. Um, it's exciting, and, and I really thank you for, for sharing so openly and transparently and honestly with uh, the, the things that you've done to, to get to where you're at and, and where you're going. No, I thank you, Dave. I do. I thank you, and, and Graham especially, you know, who's been the point of contact, uh, you know, for me over the last couple of years. And, you know, there was a point where I was – a little skeptical of, of whether or not I would continue, be able to continue. I think I hit a lull or I was getting a couple of leads that were getting me frustrated. But, but uh, you know, he, again, he kind of talked me off the cliff a little bit and, and convinced <laughs> me to kind of hang tight. And, and I'm glad I did because, uh, you know, as in everything, there's, there's, there's a little bit of feast, there's a little bit of famine. But for the most part, you know, it's relatively consistent. And, and I got to say, you know, I can probably count on one hand. Like, you know, of all the leads that I got that I regret meeting with, you know, in terms of the fact that, you know, they sucked a little bit of uh, life out of me. You know, for the most part, uh, I've had a tremendous experience. Uh, and that has nothing to do, you know, the, the, the ones that don't work have nothing to do with the service. It's just, you know, that's the, this population. You know, we're dealing with, uh, you know, uh, a pretty emotionally volatile population. Um, you know, so I think, uh, I think for sure, you know, this is something that uh, I'm going to stick with as long as you'll have me. I'll I'll, I'll be that guy uh, here in Suffolk. Um, you know, and like I said, it's it's what's what's fascinating. And again, this is a little bit of an aside. This is a very big county. And again, for people who don't really understand it, I'm sure people heard of the Hamptons. You know, I don't yep. think people are aren't aware of what that is. But we you know Montauk Point is is all the way out east, and and we on the border of Nassau County, which is another very affluent county in in New York, um, and. Most, and I don't know how it's done, but I would say that 90% of, of, of the leads are very, very uh, accessible, meaning that I haven't lost a client because they said, oh, you're too far, you know, which is interesting to me because, uh, again, you know, it's sort of a very big county and, and, you know, people are spread out pretty far. Like I said, there's over a million and a half people in Suffolk County. And, um, you know, it's just, it just fascinates me that, uh, if whatever, however it's being worked on the back end, uh, the, the leads are very, you know, reliable in terms of their ability to, 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 to come get to see me. And even with that technology has made it so easy nowadays to, you know, represent people with only meeting with them once and we're yep. meeting with them in court, you know? Yep. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of lawyers doing things more virtually and, and giving, you know, the younger generation that is more comfortable with that, the opportunity mm-hmm. to engage with them with a click of a button on our, you know, electronic signature and, and Absolutely. you know, get things out the door over the phone for those that are busy. And, and, pe- and you know, and then there's other folks that just really want to meet you with in person. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's cool, too. And, and but, you know, the fact that, that, that you can give them the options nowadays really, you know, just makes you a little bit more, even, even that much more malleable and, and, and adaptive to the market and, and the way things have changed with the internet and everything else that's, that's shifting in this world. So it's, uh, it's interesting to see it all, all, all culminate. And one of the, um, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I remember listening to on a couple of the podcasts was people who have very, very wide areas, uh, whether it be an entire state or several counties in a state. And it seems, you know, that, you know, that's a, uh, you know, 
a huge net to to cast, if you will, uh, you know, for, for attorneys to, to travel to different courts. Suffolk County has, has two courts, uh, one in East, one, one, one Western. And I am in those courts every single day, like I said. So I'm very familiar with the players there. Every court officer knows my name and, and every judge and every uh, legal aid attorney and every law guardian. So, so when somebody comes into my office and say they're before so-and-so, it's like, you know, as soon as I, you know, okay, I'm going to be there that day. That's no problem. You know, here we go. We can do this. You know, it, it becomes a, so much more familiar, so much, they get so much more confidence from the fact that they know that you're sort of, uh, and again, without intimating there's any special treatment, of course, um, there's always that familiarity that gives people confidence. Uh, and I think that that has really helped, uh, you know, being, a you know, be landing a lot of these leads is that when they come in and they say, I'm before so-and-so, and and I say, well, I'm familiar with how so-and-so, you know, uh, thinks or deals with these types of problems. And and I'll tell you right now, what we can do is this, and that'll Mm -hmm. kind of start to right the ship, you know, and they're like, oh, that's great, you know, or or, or they'll say, oh, that's, that's, you know, that's gives them so much more uh, peace or, or, or you know, confidence, if you will. and, and that's one of the benefits of working in a single county. Now, I do travel to other counties for private cases, but for the unbundled leads, they're all within the same jurisdiction. And, and that, uh, you know, and that, that's something I really like about the service as well, is that I'm not kind of spreading myself too thin. And, and I admire those attorneys who can, who can do that. And they seem to get, obviously, way more leads than I do because the population of people that are, that are seeking them out are such, so great, whether it's you know, millions of people in a, in a, um, in a state or uh, very populated counties. But, you know, I'm very, very satisfied with the way that's break, breaking down here in, in, in this, uh, this little, little nook, little area <laughs> of the country. Long Island. Yeah. It's a whole, it's a world unto itself. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, uh, Brian, so much for, All right. again, your time today. This has been uh, a great exploration, and I'm really excited to maybe connect with you again at, uh, at a later point here and, and really sure. dive deep. And, and I really respect lawyers that are, like you said, numbers geeks because numbers run the business. You know, they do. Yeah. And so the fact that you're, you've taken the time to keep track of those numbers and make sure that they they add up and, and, you know, and you can start to, and knowing the numbers helps you know how well you, you know, where, where you can spend the time and have confidence. You know, if you know the law Absolutely. of averages, then the law of averages tend to continue and you can just, and that, that knowledge gives a lot of confidence. So yeah. it's a, uh, it's a testament to you know, everything else we've talked about too. So thanks again for well, taking the time. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you and I appreciate Graham and I appreciate your service and, and, you know, thank, I uh, thank you for thinking of me to, uh, you know, have this little, little chat today and, you know, and, uh, you know, anything you need from me, you know, that's, uh, you have, you have a loyal customer. Let's put it that way. Well, sure. And, you know, I've mentioned on a couple of podcasts, we're going to be putting together a retreat, uh, probably for the spring of 2018. So, uh, we'd love to meet you and, uh, have you get to know some of the other attorneys that are in the network and, and, uh, and start to, you know, get to know each other better and, and see what we can create for the future. Sounds fantastic. All right. And so to everyone else that's listening uh, and all of our attorneys that you know tune in the podcast and anyone else, thank you so much for being a part of this community and learning and applying these principles in your practice. It makes a difference not only for the clients, but you know, for, uh, for their future too. So thank you so much for participating and we will certainly see you all in the next episode. For more information about how our lead generation services can help you grow your practice, visit our website at www.unbundledattorney.com. 
And if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to subscribe so you get each new episode as soon as it's available and leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Once again, thanks for listening. Thank you.